we've had a wonderful time this Lent thinking about our series called The Blessing. And it's based on the priestly blessing that we find in number six. Remember, we've been sharing it. We actually sang it as our call to worship this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I love those words. They make me smile. They make me happy. They speak to me. And they did for a long time before I knew they were in the Bible. (laughs) Because I learned those words growing up in youth group. That was the benediction for our youth group back then. We called it the MYF, the Methodist Youth Fellowship. And the Methodist youth have been using that benediction for over 100 years, even when it was the Epworth League. So this has been a beloved part of youth growing up in the Methodist church. And it meant a lot to me saying those words. And I'll be honest with you, I always smile and think back to my youth group years because high school was not my best season of life. In fact, it ranks up there with one of my worst seasons of life. Several things going on. I am really kind of a crummy athlete who's the son of a coach. So I was embarrassed and thought my dad was ashamed of me because I was so clumsy and couldn't do anything. So I grew up with that. I'm intensely shy. That doesn't work so well in high school. I am socially awkward. Doesn't work so well in high school. I've always said I'm a cross between Charlie Brown and Pigpen. And so now as an adult, you know, I've kind of made peace with that and I roll with that and I laugh at that and I'm okay. Not so much in high school. It's just an uncomfortable season for me, except one place, except for church. When I went to youth group, it was just an amazing experience for me. And to be honest with you, it didn't kind of follow the normal course because when I was in middle school, a freshman, I would not go to youth group. I'm shy. There were older kids I didn't know. My friend group didn't go to our church. People from other schools were there. I was nervous. I wouldn't go. But something happened right before my sophomore year in high school. And one Sunday night, I went. And from the moment I went, to the old First Methodist Church of Bossier City, Louisiana, the old church before they relocated. From the moment I set foot there at youth group, I thought I was home. I felt loved, I felt accepted, I felt peace. Just amazing because I discovered a surprise. One year younger than me were some wonderful friends that had been lifetime friends for me. They went to a different high school. I didn't really know them, but as soon as I met them, we just clicked. And we enjoyed each other and we had a great time and it was a wonderful experience. And I loved every single thing about youth group. We had a wonderful time together, but we ended every week with the MYF benediction. And when we did it, we would kind of put our hand, we'd get in a circle, do our hands like this, and we would pray. And Pastor Joy reminded me, we never really got the words right. We would strike the Lord bless you and keep you, and we would foul it up every time. And when you finished the prayer, you would uncircle your hands and you'd make a mess, and we would just die laughing because we got it wrong and it didn't matter. And I just felt loved. And I understand how the Lord keeps us with people and friends and Christian friends that we share this journey of life with. And every time I hear those words, I smile to be reminded of how the Lord keeps us. So we're thinking about today, that promise, the Lord keep you. 
And as we think about this, we're going to read a classic passage of scripture from the book of Genesis. But before we get there, let me set it up for us. You remember Jacob uh, had received his father's blessing and his daddy wanted him to go back to his grandfather Abraham's homeland to find a wife. So he's heading off and as he travels, he has this very vivid dream. And in this dream, he seems a ladder going from earth to heaven. And there are all these angels going up and down this ladder. And he's taking all of this in. And then God appears right beside him. And God gives him the blessing, the same blessing he gave his grandfather Abraham. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to have so many descendants. My faith is going to flow to the world through you. This amazing blessing. In fact, in that blessing, Jacob becomes the third patriarch. A little later, his name is going to be changed to Israel. And God is going to be known, remember, as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Can you imagine this young man taking all of this in? And even better than the blessing, God gave him a promise that if you live in me, this is how I'm going to guide you in life. And that's our scripture lesson for today that we pick up in Genesis 28 through 15. And here is the scripture. Hear the word of the Lord. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And I want us to know these are God's words not only to Jacob, they are God's words for us today. So I'm going to ask them to leave it on the screen and let's recite this together. Let's share these words of the promise that God has for each one of us. Would you join me? Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Can you imagine for Jacob, God is saying, wherever you go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to keep you. You can't outrun my presence. I'm going to be right there with you. And your whole life, there's going to be this ladder with angels going down from heaven to earth to protect you and to provide for you. This amazing promise on his heart, amazing promise in his life that come what may, even in the worst of times, he knows there's always a ladder, there are always angels, and there's always God. And my friends, the same promise is to us. The Lord said, when you walk in my name, I am never going to leave you. I am going to keep you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. I am going to be with you every step of the way until I bring you back to this land, this home that I have promised you. I remember, gosh, over 10 years ago, about maybe 15 years now, my wife Debbie and I were on a vacation down in the hill country. And out of Fredericksburg, I'm a big presidential biography guy and loved uh, all the study about the president. So we went to the LBJ Ranch and we went that day. This was just a couple of years after Lady Bird Johnson had died. So we went to the visitor center and there was a bus tour. So we got on the bus and the park ranger shared with us many of the sites. And we went in front of the LBJ Ranch and he said, you know, Lady Bird's just been gone a few years when she was alive. She would sit out on the balcony and she would wave to the crowd. And he said, we miss her so much. She was amazing. She was wonderful. She was just a delightful, wonderful person. A few years before Lady Bird Johnson died, she had a very serious stroke. And after the stroke, she was having a hard time communicating. And, 
and she couldn't speak in any way. And then she started, as she made progress, started kind of communicating with her eyes and with her facial expressions, but still she didn't speak. And so her daughter Lucy started working with her mother. Every day she would take her mother's hand and say the Lord's Prayer. And she was hoping her mother would join her, but she never did, she didn't speak. But Lucy kept up. Every day she would take her mother's hand and pray the Lord's Prayer. Finally, one Saturday, she took Ms. Johnson's hand and, and she started to pray, Our Father, and her mother, clear as a bell, said, Who art in heaven. The first word she had spoken since her stroke some three months before. Lucy was so excited a little later, she went back and she called the doctor, said, you're not going to believe what happened. Mother spoke and she thought, how did she do that? How, how, how did she remember those words? And the doctor said, you know, it's really pretty simple. She's been saying that prayer. She's been saying those words for 84 years. It's deep inside of her. Lady Bird Johnson was a person of a deep faith and, and trust in God. And she knew that even in the worst moment, even in that place, God was keeping her. My friends, we need to learn that lesson. The Lord is keeping us. He is watching over us. He will not leave us until we have done everything that he promised us and taken us to that home he's prepared for us. There's a great verse in our beloved hymn, Amazing Grace that I think defines what it means to know that the Lord keeps us. Remember the great verse of the, of the hymn, through many dangers, tolls, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. And we know the dangers. <clears throat> And we know the toils and, and the snares, but do we know the grace? I mean, really, truly deep in our souls, deep down in our guts, have we experienced that grace, that, that grace that will not leave us, that grace that refuses to abandon us, that grace that, that grace that leads us home because uh, Pastor John was being really generous to old Jacob there a couple of minutes ago. Uh, he was really generous. You were really generous when you said that Jacob had received his father's blessing. You know that story. You know, now that's not necessarily quite so true because he didn't receive that blessing. Now y'all remember he stole it. You remember Jacob conspired with his mama and he stole that, he stole that blessing from his dad. He stole that blessing from his brother, from his, his older brother Esau. And so whenever Jacob here goes running back to the homeland to, to find a wife for himself, he's just not running back to find a wife. He's running back literally to save his life. Esau said that he was going to kill him. He said, as soon as dad dies, I'm coming after him. See, Jacob... Jacob had created this royal mess. He had just made, he had just made a mess of, of everything. But did you notice, even there, God didn't abandon him. Grace didn't uh, abandon him. Oh no, no friend, that, that grace, that grace is what would lead him home. And that's Jacob's story. All throughout the Bible, that's Jacob's story, God keeping him. 
God, God protecting him. And a lot of the times the person that God was protecting Jacob from, God was protecting him from himself. You see, that's the, that's the thing. That's one of the big things I think about this promise. It's one of the big things about this blessing. See, it's not that, it's not that God keeps us from the messes. It's that God keeps us in the messes. It's not that God protects us from the lion's dens. It's that God protects us in the lion's dens. It's not that God saves us from the fiery furnaces. It's that God saves us in the fiery furnaces. You see, just because some of us might be suffering this morning, it, it doesn't mean that God is mad at us. It just means that the transformation is hard. It, it just means that the process of transformation of becoming that person that God has created us to become, it is long and it is hard and it is it's painful. Transformation is painful, but regardless, Regardless of the mess that we're in, uh, that mess is, is of our own making, or maybe that's a mess that we just kind of stumbled into, or maybe it's a mess that just kind of stumbled into us. Regardless, God wants to keep us. And it got me to thinking then, then what keeps us from God? In those moments when we most need to experience the grace of God, in those moments when we most need to see the lights of home, what keeps us from following? Three thoughts for us this morning. And there are a whole bunch of things that, that want to keep us from God, but these three seem to be amongst some of the most common. Three things that keep us away from God. And, and the first one is this. The first one's our desire. What is it that they say about, about horses and water? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Well, friends, the water is all around us. The goodness and the greatness of God, it's, it's everywhere. It's all around us, bidding us ever deeper, bidding us ever closer. It's all around those, those ladders, those angels, they're all around us. But how often are we unaware? In fact, that's exactly what Jacob would say in the very next verse, in verse 16, verse 16, we're told this, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. We're unaware. And so we stumble and we bumble our way through day after day and through disaster after disaster. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just thirsty. I'm thirsty, but, but just like those stubborn and foolish horses, I refuse to drink. We refuse to drink. Because maybe we want something else. Maybe we want something other than water. Maybe we desire something else. Sure, we, we believe in God, but we're not, quite, we're not quite so sure that we're ready yet to do life God's way. And there's nothing new about that thought. Even whenever Jesus was here on earth, that thought was around. It was what led him to say this in, in the gospel of Luke. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet don't do what I tell you to do? See, there's nothing new Amen. to that. Dilly-dallying behind Jesus, there's nothing new about that. 
dilly-dallying behind Jesus, that's as old as, as our Lord's command for us to follow Him. See, it's our desire. It's the emptiness, it's the shallowness of our desire that keeps us from experiencing the fullness of God. James would put it like this. Our Lord's brother would put it like this. James wrote, and after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. The Lord of life is calling us. And yet we've gotten too busy flirting with death. Not, not physical death per se, but, but spiritual death and emotional death. We're floating, flirting with death. We're, we're floating, flirting with, with, with distance and with distractions. I mean, um, this past Thursday, this, this past Thursday was actually a really busy day for me. Um, Carrie's been out of town. She's been on the, the, uh, the Costa Rica mission trip. And so on Thursday, I wanted to get some things done. You know, I wanted to get some brownie points before she got home. Um, so I woke up early on Thursday and I went and I ran some errands and I had to go run see my doctor to get some, some blood work drawn. Um, and then on Thursday afternoon, I was supposed to meet a good buddy of mine over in Irving. We we're going to go grab some lunch. Um, but do y'all remember what else happened on Thursday? AT&T users, y'all remember what happened on, on Thursday? A Thursday was the day that AT&T had that pretty big technical glitch. And I mean, probably bigger than a glitch, but you know, again, I'll be generous this time. This, you know, 70,000 users across the nation lost service. Well, I don't know why I'm, I, I, I lost service. I was one of those 70,000 that lost service, but I didn't realize it until it was time for lunch. I was going through all my stuff and I pulled out my phone. I put in the, the name of the restaurant and didn't bring anything up. I was looking for directions. I was looking for, I, I didn't get anything. And so I was going to call my buddy and be like, hey man, I may be a little, a little bit late for lunch. Again, got nothing. All I had was that weird SOS thing. Like I could, I could make an emergency call. And so there I was and I, I couldn't reach anybody and nobody could reach me. And I had no clue where I was supposed to go. And I wonder how many of us are living lives like that. Lost and alone. Reaching out to God only as an SOS, reaching out to, to God only in times of emergency when we've tried everything else. But despite all of that, God still wants to keep us. But friends, we gotta want it too. We, we got to desire it. Our desires keep us away from God. But so too do our doubts. Our doubts. Um, and I, I'm not talking here, I'm not talking about us doubting God's goodness or His love or His salvation in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is us, us doubting the willingness of God to provide us doubting the willingness of God to keep, to protect people like us. We, we broken half-hearted sinners, we doubt it. Will God provide? And, and so I fear that instead of that, there's this voice down and, and way too many of us in here this morning, there is this voice that tells us that somehow we gotta earn it. Somehow we gotta, we gotta work for it. It reminded me of the story that, um, that Max Lucada just put in one of his, his most recent books. Um, he tells the story of two pretty remarkable young women. Um, he tells the story of Katie, uh, Katie Spots and Laura Decker. 
Uh, and these two young women, they have a lot in common. Both of them are, are endurance athletes. They're, they both own boats. They both made headlines whenever they, they completed their, their solo trips. Um, uh, Katie's solo trip was across the Atlantic. Laura's trip was, was around the world. Um, he, he goes on to talk about all these similarities that these, these two young women have. But despite all of their similarities, he says there was one big difference. He said in the trips there was one difference. Because one of them rode and the other sailed. Um, listen, listen to how Lakeda put it. He said, 23-year-old Katie rode, rode, rode her boat from West Africa to South America. Her 2,817-mile trip required 70 days, 5 hours, and 22 minutes. Her 19-foot yellow wooden craft was built to withstand hurricanes and and 50-foot waves. She she was spared the hurricanes, but the waves kept her up at night. She packed half a million calories worth of freeze-dried meals, granola, and dried fruit. She rode eight to 10 hours a day and and battled painful calluses. Laura Decker, on the other hand, he says, harnessed the power of the wind. In 2012, she became the youngest person to circumnavigate the globe solo. She used a two-mast, 40-foot sailboat named the Guppy. But the trip wasn't without its challenges. A court in the Netherlands, her native country, attempted to prevent it. And and once she got at sea, she had to sidestep reefs and survive numerous storms. Her journey required one year and five months. But she made it. Rowboats or sailboats, it makes all the difference in the world. And if I'm going to be honest with y'all this morning, I, I guess I have to admit, I guess I have to confess that I'm more prone to, to rowboat sort of Christianity. I'm more used, I'm more prone to trying with all of my strength and with all of my effort and with all of my sparks, me trying to get something done. Me trying to do it, me trying to accomplish it. But I'm convicted this morning. I am convinced this morning that God is calling us to something else, that God is calling us to something better, that God is calling us to a faith that's more of the sailboat variety, where we let go and we let God. Where we tap into that power of the Holy Spirit, where we let the Holy Spirit do that thing that the Holy Spirit does, leading us, guiding us, keeping us, tapping into that untapped wellspring of fresh power, Holy Spirit power. But it means we got to let go. It means that we got to drop our oars and we got to hoist the sails and we got to trust. In the midst of all of our doubts, we got to trust that God will provide the wind. Our doubts, our desires, they, they keep us away from God. And lastly, lastly, our defeats. Our defeats keep us away too. Our failures, not not just our business failures, not some sort of relationship failure, but our moral failures, our our spiritual failures. But I want us to, to look at this cross this morning because this cross defies it all. 
This cross defies every failure. This cross defies every defeat. This cross tells us that what the world calls the end isn't. In fact, uh, a while back I was, I was struggling. I was, I was struggling with, with some, some, some shame stuff um, in my soul. I was, I, was, I was struggling with defeat. And I had to go to this, I had to go to this church meeting where communion was being served. And so after I'd taken the bread, after I'd taken the cup, I knelt at the chancel rail and, and I just prayed because I was so tired. I was so tired of carrying all that stuff, all that junker, and I was so tired of carrying around all those burdens, all that brokenness, all that baggage. I was just tired. And I was tired of telling myself that that was just my lot in life. That carrying all that junk around, that, that that was somehow like my penance, that that was somehow like me proving to God that I was serious. You see, I, I tried to make it sound all noble, but, but it wasn't. It was just exhausting. So I knelt and, and I prayed and I, I said, Jesus, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. You died and you rose again, and, and I don't want to take your sacrifice for granted, but I don't want to take your promise. I don't want to take your offer for granted either. And so I'm, I'm giving this to you. I can't do it anymore. I'm not strong enough to do it anymore. God, so I'm giving this to you. All my brokenness, all my baggage, all those burdens, God, I'm giving it to you. I am laying it here on your altar. I'm laying it here at your cross. And... Um, and I'm not going to stand up here and tell y'all that, that every day has been perfect since then, because uh, it hasn't. But I will tell you that every time defeat has tried to bully its way back into my mind, I will tell you that every time defeat has tried to bully its way back into my heart, back into my soul, I've gone back to that moment. I've gone back to that, that prayer. I, I literally imagine myself taking this great big heaping sack of brokenness and I see myself putting it on the altar. And you know what? Courage returns and hope returns and peace and strength return and joy and gratitude return. God provides. In the midst of of all of our desires, in the midst of all of our doubts, all of our defeats, God provides. He keeps us in His good keeping. And His grace, His grace leads us home. As we pray. Amen. Lord our God, um, this morning we we come to you with a broken hallelujah, Lord. We come to you with hearts that are overflowing with gratitude for the great price that you paid, that you paid for our freedom, the, the great price that you paid for our souls. Lord, thank you. Thank you for coming to free us, to, to keep us, Lord, keep us in your good keeping. And yet, God, we know that there is so much that we have allowed to, to keep us from you. God, our desires, our doubts, our defeats, Lord, speak into each of those places of woundedness and brokenness. God, speak and heal our desires. Help them to be found and, and met in you. God, come into all those places of doubt 
with some sort of manifest way of the Holy Spirit that, that we would know, Lord, maybe not in our minds, maybe not even in our hearts, but God, that we would know deep in our souls your love and your redemption, your grace that leads us home. And God, our defeats, Lord, I know this morning there are so many of us that are caring so much. God, I pray for the courage and for the wisdom, for the fortitude, Lord, for us to let it go. God, for us to, to come to you with all of our bags, with all of our brokenness, with all of our burdens, Lord, this morning we lay it at your cross. We lay it at your feet, Lord. We lay it here on this altar. Do with it what only you can do, redeem it. Bring something good from all that's bad, something beautiful from all that's ugly. Lord, we pray and we, we confess, Lord, we need you. We need you to keep us. So come to us, Lord. Take us, change us, use us, Lord. Use us all and only for the glory of your name. Because it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.